Hello, I'm John Bates, and welcome to my podcast, Hope for Today, where I inspire to live with heavenly perspective and kingdom mindset. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Hope for Today. I'm believing this is a good time for you in your life, and I'm hoping that after this time with uh, me and my guest today, you're going to say, wow, I'm having even a better week. That's the goal of this whole thing, Hope for Today. I want to introduce my guest today. This is Heather Landry. Hi, Heather. Hello. Glad to have you today. It's good to be here. And Heather, I've known Heather for 15 years, mm-hmm. and uh, we're great friends, and we share a very important date. Birthdays. Birthdays, July 3rd. So uh, I think we kind of do the same thing. We go more than one day. Absolutely. We, we the whole month. Yes. Yeah. I started so the end of June and try to stretch it as long as I can. Absolutely. So learn from us. It works. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You just got to keep doing it. And people, they're like, okay, here they go. So um, we, we always wish one another happy birthday and we pretend we're not getting older. So I think we're not. No. It's, a, it's a state of mind. Mm-hmm. In fact, Heather stays very young. She's a teacher and uh, has been a teacher for how many years now? Um, on and off 23. 23 years. And what age are you teaching right now? Pre-K through fifth grade yeah. art. And that'll art teacher. So she's creative. And being around kids like that will either dramatically age you mm-hmm. or keep you young. And you've chosen to let it keep you young. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm believing. <laughs> yes, it's working. And so I, I know your students love you. I hear glowing reports from people who know what you do in teaching and uh, you enjoy doing art. Right? I do. What do you enjoy about it? Um, I think coming out of the gen ed classroom, I was a pre-K teacher for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the art classroom, I get to have a lot of fun with the kids. I get to engage with them Um through different art mediums. And so it's a very relaxed atmosphere. Okay. Well, we're going to talk, after we talk about your book, I'll let you be thinking about it in the back of your mind, how COVID affected the kids. We're going to, I, want to, I want to explore that a little bit because a lot of you have kiddos and uh, they're the age that she teaches. So I like to ask teachers, what's the difference before and after COVID? But she's wearing a big butterfly. That's because she has written a book, Butterfly, ABC. So mm-hmm. we're putting on the screen right now. And uh, it's a great book, Thank a great you. book. And uh, you can purchase it on Amazon. And um, give me the inspiration for this book. What caused you to write this? Well, I've always loved butterflies. Um, teaching pre-K every year, I would order the Painted Lady Butterflies. And the books that I found in our school libraries They had beautiful illustrations, but they were very busy. Mm -hmm. There was so much in the background, so many words. And I taught four-year-olds. I wanted something that had a white background, just a beautiful butterfly and simple text. Mm -hmm. So that was my inspiration. Okay. Well, you did a great job. Appreciate that. So uh, will you follow up with any more butterfly books? Yes. I actually am talking with the publisher about um, publishing two more books. Great. They're nonfiction, children's books. They have more of a story. Are they associated with butterflies? Yes. Well, I like that because butterflies represent basically reincarnation, uh, new life, hope. I think it it fits in uh, what I do, talking about having hope because hope leads to faith and faith will transform us. So you're really a transformative person. And I'll have you probably on after your second book. And we'll talk about Heather the person, because a lot, 
happened in your life as a young girl into who you are today, and you're a great overcomer. But that's that's for a different day. Let's talk now about we've come out of COVID. What is the difference pre-COVID with the kids you teach and post-COVID? What would you say? I think the main um, thing that I notice is socialization. Okay. There is seems to be a lack of socialization for the children. Mm-hmm. Um, Pre-COVID, you know, going to the store, going to restaurants, going to parties, coming to school. These were things that were natural right. that they did. Um, and we went almost two years yeah. of none of that happening. And when you're a young child, you're developing language. Right. You're developing those social skills. And so that's the biggest impact that I see as a teacher. That makes sense. And, you know, thinking on a, a kid's term, I remember as a kid in elementary school or pre-elementary even, when's Christmas? It felt like 10 years away. Now I'm like, oh, it's Christmas again? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like things go so quick. So for kids, this must have felt like a decade because for me, it felt way longer than two years. Yes. It just drug on. So for them, I can't even imagine what it would feel like to the mind of a child. So that socialization, how would you think, how would you, how would you help parents to navigate re-engaging their kids or dealing with it? Do you have any ideas? I think just take those opportunities to go to restaurants, take those opportunities to go to the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let fear stand right. in your way um, and just get back out in society. Even if you have to just do one or two things to get comfortable, get back into society. I think society. that's good. And I think we probably don't think about that because as adults, we've gone back to our jobs. We've gotten back into life, but I had not even considered Resocializing children. Mm-hmm. I talked to a, a, an assistant principal of a junior high, and he said the first year back from COVID, there were more fights than he had had seen in his school 13 years pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Because he said with the teens, they had stopped socializing face to face, so they were texting stuff. If they got in a fight, say whatever you want, and it's over. And they were saying the things they should be texting <laughs> to right. each other's face and getting hit in the face. Yes. So it, it really caused a, a lot of uh, different dynamics than we were accustomed to. And uh, I'm glad for teachers like you, Heather, that are helping kids. Uh, when you teach art, I really like art. What do you see that doing to a student when they get involved with painting or, or building things? So how does it affect their life? Um, I think um, the main thing I notice is that there's enjoyment there. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids have a lot of responsibility in the classroom. They have a lot to learn, tests to take. And so stepping into a specialist classroom like art, they're able to have fun Mm -hmm. and there's no wrong answers. And so that pressure is off. Right. Well, that's good. So you've taught 23 years Mm -hmm. and let's use this as a tool to help parents because they're not in the classroom with you and kids. What would you say to parents that would give their children a better learning opportunity at school? Um, I think the students that come in who are the most successful Mm -hmm. are the students who enjoy learning, who get up in the morning, have a good breakfast, or they you know, get to school, they eat breakfast. Right. Um, they're able to converse with their peers, have conversations. 
um, when some they're having big feelings or having those big emotional right. moments that they can communicate to the adult around them that they need help. Right. And so that communication is key okay. for the kids and the parents mm -hmm. because we are all here for the students and the children's success. Okay. So what I'm hearing is positivity basically mm -hmm. at home. So to model positivity, and that can be a challenge in a world that is not always positive. And I know as adults, we come home and we think sometimes I'm home, I can let my hair down and just complain about the world. But we have little kids listening and participating in those conversations. So, you know, guard them. You are, are there to steward their development and to help them grow and, and have the best education, the best experience possible. And I think also, I like what you said about the communication. Kids should feel comfortable asking you why. You know, I, I, I've been in church all my life, and Heather, sometimes I heard pastors say, don't ask God, you know, just leave it in his hands. You, you don't have the right to ask God. He's Heavenly Father. Because I think a lot of people were raised, don't ask your parents. The, whatever they say goes if you don't understand it, too bad for you. Well, God's not like that. You know, He, his son, Jesus, here on earth, was in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, if there's any other way, why do I have to do this, God? Well, why do you want me to go to the cross? What's this all about? And so I think it's great for kids to be able to question their parents. Why, why am I doing this? Why is this important? And, and give them those uh, answers. I remember... My kids, uh, Nehemiah and Eden, they were in the car with Shelly and I. I was driving. They were fighting in the back seat. They're probably 10 and 6. And I kept saying, cool it. You know, you're looking back over the seat. Uh, and do I need to stop the car and deal with this? They kept on and on. And so I, I finally turned to my wife and I said, they're not even afraid of us. And so my son, Nehemiah, goes, Dad. It's like, yes. He goes, are we supposed to be afraid of you? And I thought, wow, that's good. No, you're not. So our kids should not fear us. There should be some respect because we listen to them. And so thank you for that. I think that's key. Listen to your kids, have conversation, teach them socialization at home. So when they're out in public, they can converse with anybody. Uh, my daughter, Eden, when she was about two, two and a half, she, she would talk to anybody. We'd have to watch her because she was overly social. And we were at a department store and some man came up and started speaking Spanish to me. I guess he thought I knew Spanish. I, I didn't know anything. I just said, no habla espanol. But she starts rattling off like she's speaking Spanish, you know, and some crazy gibberish. And he just looked at her and laughed. So I, I think that's key that we socialize our kids and help them engage with adults, with their peers, and they're going to have a better experience. So great diplomatic answer. And she does serve, I think, in one of the very best school systems in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, great, great relationship we have with them. Um, back to your book, Butterfly ABCs. Here's a picture of it again. Uh, again, you can order this book on Amazon. I think this would be great Christmas gifts. Oh. Yeah. What What age did you tailor this book to? Um, between three and six or seven. Okay. And so it's a very simple read and it's a smart read. I actually learned some things. That's what a lot of adults have said. <laughs> I, I learned some parts of butterflies that I was like, I should have known that, <laughs> but I didn't know it. And uh, so I love butterflies, all these different species of butterflies. So it was uh, informative, 
and a beautiful book. The artwork is stunning in it. Yes, the illustrator did. Yeah, she, she did great. And so I look forward to uh, those other books coming out. I uh, want to go back to the hope of life and the butterfly. So the butterfly starts as what? You're the teacher. What does a butterfly start as? Um, well, it starts as an egg right. on a leaf. Right. And it turns into a caterpillar that eats the leaf. Yes. <laughs> and then spins a cocoon. Chrysalis. A chrysalis, because a cocoon is a moth. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> My son taught me that. When I showed him the book, I was talking about the cocoon. He goes, it's a chrysalis. So I haven't learned all the way yet. And I said, <laughs> I thought it was a cocoon. He said, that's a moth. So we just, the teacher just taught us. Okay, so a chrysalis, mm -hmm. that's a fancy word. Uh, how long is a butterfly in a chrysalis? What's the average? It could range anywhere between three to six weeks. Okay. And what's the lifespan of a butterfly? I don't like to talk about that. It's not very long, is it? No, it is. How many weeks? Yeah, days to weeks. Okay. So the chrysalis time is longer, perhaps, mm -hmm. than the life of the butterfly. Yes. Wow. Okay. I think I understand that. I think our, our life, what I've seen out of my peers and the people that uh, especially who uh, I serve with and who are authorities in my life, their life has been a preparation for what they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And many of them, they don't really reach their stride until their 60s of when they really walk into that authority. And their whole life has been like a chrysalis yeah. mm -hmm. of, of learning and dealing with life. And and I'm sure they're wondering, what's the point of all this? But it's the, the the changing from who you were into who you are to be. And then the life of the butterfly is for what? What is what is what does it serve? What does the butterfly do in nature? Why do we have it? Uh, to me it just adds beauty. <laughs> and a little pollination too. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, there's but it adds so much beauty. It, it is beauty. As, as, I don't know why God made them so colorful and vibrant, mm -hmm. uh, but it does. It adds beauty. And it adds pollination. It keeps life going. And so if you are in the chrysalis of your life, mm -hmm. that you are, are just hanging out thinking, when am I going to be done growing and evolving? And is it going to get better than this? I promise you it will. It always does. It does. And I think one of the reasons um, that I chose Butterfly and I've always loved Butterflies is that in my life, and again, another segment, um, I kind of see myself as, you know, a little egg kind of just dropped uh -huh. off. Right. I hatch. Um, the mother's not coming back to check. Right. I am a little caterpillar now on a lone leaf, just trying to survive. Right. Until I can be in that waiting right. place in the chrysalis. And then I finally become a butterfly and I'm set free. But it's such an example of God's patience right. and how he has us right. in his hands. And, you know, I'm, I'm drawing another parallel. You said the life of the butterfly is not as long as the time they spend in the chrysalis. And really, when you become a butterfly, when you become a beautiful part of society as far as bringing value to other people's lives and pollination, which means bringing more life around you and encouraging life around you. Your life is no longer your own mm -hmm. and it's not about you anymore. Your time was in that chrysalis. And so, wow, we might need to write a butterfly book together. We'll, we'll get deep with it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You'll be known as the butterfly lady. So that's great. Yeah, that would be wonderful. That's great. So uh, 
you said it. You said this will be for another time. We'll talk about your life. I'd love to have you back and explore your life because it's a, a powerful testimony of the transforming power of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're a success, success story. So I just want to thank you, Heather, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and it was fun, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, we had a good time. <laughs> and I can't wait to see the rest of the books that you already have in your heart. What would you tell us in with this? What would you tell people that think, oh, man, I, I could never write a book? What would you tell them? Did you think you were going to be an author? I did not. It's always something I wanted to do. Um, but God is so good. Those mm-hmm. desires of your heart. Right. He makes a reality. When you don't expect it, the doors right. open. Right. Yeah. So if you have a story locked up inside of you, be willing to let it out. Just start writing it. Start getting ready. Start dreaming. And uh, it can happen. Um, I'm surrounded by all kinds of authors. It's a, it's a fun to be in a, a group of people who are writing um, because books will outlive us. And uh, yours is a, a great teaching tool. Again, I'm 58 and learned something about butterflies and just learned again about the chrysalis. So (laughs) we keep learning and growing because of people like Heather. So I hope you've been inspired today to follow your dream, uh, to uh, not give up if you're in the chrysalis or if you're a moth, you're in a cocoon. So whatever you are, you're in that holding pattern or waiting pattern. God is doing a work in you. You know, uh, let's talk about this. I keep thinking of things. If you release a butterfly out of their chrysalis before they naturally come out, it destroys them, doesn't it? Yes. um, The butterfly has to emerge on its own. And fight with its wings to get out. Yes, absolutely. If you interfere with that, it dies. You mess it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've been in that place myself (laughs) where where I'm just like, let me be. So that's another word for those of you who may have loved ones that you think, oh my goodness, their life is crazy. What I need to help them. I need to fix it. That's called enabling and it doesn't work. It it actually slows the process down. Let God take care of it. He's doing a work in them. So thank you for instilling some hope through the butterfly. Thanks for your talk today. And um, I look forward to talking to Heather again and seeing what all is going on in her life and letting you hear her vibrant testimony. Well, thank you for being a part of Hope For Today. And I just encourage you to live the best life that God has for you. Thanks for listening to Hope For Today with John Bates. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes wherever you listen. You can connect with John through Facebook, Instagram, and at johnbatesministries.com. Have a blessed day.